Hi. Welcome to the first Bangladeshi podcast where we have renowned guests from all over the world. I'll talk about business, politics, tech, and everything else that's trending worldwide. I'm your host Rafi, and let's get this show started. In this episode, we have with us Phil Pelucha from UK. He's an entrepreneur, TV and events producer, and a mentor to many, many entrepreneurs. Thank you for being with us, Phil. Before we dive into details, can you please tell us a bit about yourself? Yeah, of course. Um, thank you for the introduction. Uh, so, I am the CEO and founder of the Billionaires in Boxers Entrepreneurial Empowerment Network, um, which essentially is um, I developed a strategy of using podcasting. It sounds like I found something, like I created fire. I didn't. I just found something that worked, a strategy that worked, and I used it to scale a few businesses and then help other people to scale theirs. Um, and then it kind of developed from there. And you know, we were talking off air before saying podcasting really changed my life. It really did. I kind of took the the Napoleon Hill style, speak to as many really successful people as possible through podcasting and see what you learn and see what opportunities open up. Um, and it really changed my life. And I've been mentoring and teaching other people for about five or six years now how to do the same thing for their businesses. Right. So uh, let's start with the obvious question first. Mm -hmm. uh, you're the CEO of Billionaires in Boxers. Mm -hmm. uh, that's quite an interesting name. So tell me the story behind the name before we get into technical bits. Sure. Um, so the name's quite funny because uh, one of the things I love about the name is that other people tell me different meanings of my brand to them, if that makes sense. So where the original meaning came from was we were doing a radio show and it would been the radio show already had a name. So when we were picked up by a TV network, we needed to come up with a name for the show. Right. I had no idea what to call this thing. Like they, We were sat in a production meeting and they were asking, well, what are we calling it? I didn't know. Um, and I jokingly said, billionaires in boxes because I'm you know, building global empires from home and I rarely put on pants. And everyone just kind of started laughing and was like, that's quite funny, we should call it Billionaires in Boxers. But then I've subsequently been told by other people, fans of the show and, and, and guests, that they thought it meant either, um, you know, Billionaires in Boxers could be speaking to really successful people, but in a, like a nice, casual, relaxed way, like they're sat in their boxer shorts in their lounge talking to you. Um, or it could even mean boxer shorts as in boxing match, fighting. Um, it's like it's talking to really successful people about the rough and tumble fighting part of their careers, which we've all had. Um, now, what's cool about both of those things is that they both actually are still true of the brand, if that makes sense. They're still true of everything that we do and the content that we produce. Um, so I love it. I think it was a I don't I think it was an idea that came out of my mind, but I'm not convinced it was mine, if that makes sense. Right. So uh, that's an interesting that thing that you said that it means different things to everyone. So mm. I before asking you, I also had uh, an answer in mind and that was different sure. as well. Let me tell you what it was. So uh, when I thought of billionaires and boxers, I envisioned like, you know, uh, tech billionaires or other billionaires who worked on their garage or, or their home in their Amazing. boxers and, you know, on some software or Facebook or whatever. And then they eventually became. That's what I envisioned. I, well, 
Well, I love that as well because that also fits because many of the people who we work with, I mean, I think it's true that you work with people that, that you like and we often like people who are like us, right? So right. I resonate with people who are like me. Now, I was really good at what I did and I don't mean that in like an arrogant way, but I was really good at the service that I provided and, and I'd been in the industry for 10 years, corporate, and then grown my own business. So I found it really difficult to understand why I wasn't busier, why I didn't have more customers. And the honest answer was that it didn't matter how good I was at what I did. If I remained really poor at self-promotion and you know having more people know, like, and trust me, I was always going to have the same problem. So that was what I used podcasting for. So because of that, I find myself resonating with other people who are in the same position. And quite often you find exactly the type of people that you've just described there. Um, you know, very creative people, very, very talented people who are very technical and detailed and can make things happen and can create things out of nothing. But they struggle how to market themselves. They struggle how to you know self-promote without sounding arrogant they struggle how to put their product in front of the right people they right. need more people to know like and trust them so again that's why it's so awesome that you say that because that also fits so i love it yeah it's it's uh, the end result was nice it's the name that has actually different meanings to different people so the bib network as you call it mm -hmm. uh is a part of a global network of entrepreneurs Cool. And you're also associated with a lot of professional coaches worldwide. So mm -hmm. tell me how this network functions and helps you and everyone else. Yeah, sure. So I think the BIB network is best described as a collection of kind of like-minded individuals all at very different stages of their career. So what we say to people is we're not looking for a guru. We're not looking for somebody that has all of the answers. We're just looking for everybody who comes to the network to bring their A-game. Whatever that thing is that they do, just bring that one thing and do it well. You know, imagine it like a family meet where everybody's bringing one dish, but they're bringing, it's like a wedding or something, but they're bringing the best dish, like the thing that they are renowned for. That's what they're bringing. That's the BIB network. And then together, we, we help each other in whatever way we need. So we'll find that there's different services there. There's a lot of relationships and split deals that happen. Um, there's a lot of cross-communication even within the network and people kind of introducing each other. There's, as you can imagine, there's a lot of podcasters in the network, so there's a huge amount of um, network sharing, guest introductions, uh, sponsorship and advertising. Listen, I've got a sponsor who's doing my show, but they're looking for more. Who else needs this? Um, and it's just a really healthy ecosystem that everybody's benefiting from so everybody's quite willingly giving back to as well right so uh, how does this network increase do you go and select people and invite them to be in the network or do people approach you and want to be in the network uh, a bit of both actually um i think a lot of the the coaches and mentors in particular so we talked about kind of working with some of the best coaches and mentors in the world and, and we're, we're blessed to do that as you as you said and uh, you know, some of the people we work with, it's incredible. But those relationships came about because I interviewed them for our show and they resonated with what we were doing. I resonated with what they were doing and magical right. things happen. You know, I always say to people, it's not rocket science. You know, if you put amazing people in a room together, amazing things happen. Exactly. Now, I'm not describing myself as an amazing person. What I'm saying is I speak, you know, what's that saying? You're the average of the six people you spend the most time with. So 
if I deliberately go and spend multiple hours doing interviews with some of the world's most successful coaches, mentors, entrepreneurs, billionaires, you know, some of the most successful people there are in our industries, surely some of that's going to rub off. That's actually one of the reasons I love podcasting because I get to interview so many smart people and uh, I learn new things every interview. So that's uh, that's a 100%. very nice. Yeah. So uh, besides the BIB network, uh, you also offer a course. It's called the Bump Course. So yes. uh, who is it for and why would someone enroll into the Bump Course? Good question. So the Bump was... It, there's two sides to what we do on the business front outside of the mentorship. So as in business mentorship. So we have the bump and we have a done for you service. So bump simply stands for billionaires in boxes, understand monetizing podcasts. And it's our blueprint. It's our strategy. Now there's a video based course you can do or there's a mentorship course that goes alongside the video course. You get to work one on one with me and my team and other graduates from the program. Um, and, and it's a great way to kind of get introduced into that BIB network. So the way I'd word it is this way. If you want the tools to do this for yourself and go and build your own, do the video course. If you want to join the BIB network and have access to these great people and use these tools for your own business, then do the mentorship. Um, I thought it would end there, to be completely honest with you. Um, but they always say you've got to listen to your customers. And a lot of the feedback that we were getting was, this is brilliant, but I still don't have the time to do it. Um, could you just do it for me? Like if I give you a list of the people that I would like on my show and could you and your team go and book them, arrange the podcast, I'll log in, we'll record, you know, um, on something like this, for example, um, or Squadcast or something like that where we'll sit and record, my team will do the recording, we'll do the editing and we get it all ready in terms of a media pack, the case notes, the write-ups, the social media stuff to right. send back over to the company to do whatever it is they need to do with it. And that was, that was they were crying out for that. So we started to do that as well. But as you can imagine, uh, there's a lot, it's, it's much harder to get onto that because there's a lot less capacity for it. Because yeah. also at the end of the day, there's still my team that I still need doing all of our podcasts as well. And of course, I'm going to be greedy and keep them for myself because um, they're my team. <laughs> right. Um, so, but look, the, we, we help select businesses. We're very picky about who we work with, but the businesses we do work with, you know, there's some incredible institutions that we work with, schools, universities, governments, um, banks, national banks, uh, tech startups, fintechs, recruitment companies, PR agencies, venture capitalists, music production. So you name it, it's, it's really cool and we get to work with people. So I always talk about empowering the empowerers. So my goal is to empower a billion entrepreneurs. Now, I'm not going to get there all by myself. That's not how this is going to work. How this is going to work is by me teaching these blueprints and strategies and showing what I'm sure is one of multiple strategies that work. I'm just showing people the one that worked for me because it's the one that I understand best and it's the one that I can help people replicate. 50 different sectors, 50 different locations now, and we're, we're flying with it. So that's, that's my gift is to show people that part. Got it. So uh, you work with a lot of entrepreneurs every day. So yeah. what are what are some biggest uh, mistakes you see these entrepreneurs make at an initial stage? Mm, good question. Do you know what? If I may, there's one that's probably a little bit left field here, but I think it's an important one to talk about. Right. Um, sure. Certainly one that that I, that I've I struggled with, and in fact, 
it was the biggest thing that I struggled with. So I think it's important to to, to talk about these things. Yes. I think it's very easy to feel quite lonely as an entrepreneur. Um, you know, I think we've all at some stage of during our entrepreneurial journey had friends and family start questioning and say, you know, isn't it time to go and get a real job um, and all that kind of stuff. And you do it to yourself as well. I mean, we, let's be honest, we're, we're all doubters. We, it happens to the best of us. There'll be a moment where you think, am I crazy? Like, was this right. a really, really m mad idea? Um, and we all have that moment. And I think there's so much power that comes from knowing that other people have experienced that too. So one of the things that I really enjoy is talking to the entrepreneurs who are very successful in their game now about this very period of their life. So I've had some of the, the world's greatest mentors and coaches, world renowned for what they do in, in, their, in their sector on my podcast and on my show, talking about having abusive stepfathers and turning to alcohol and drugs and having to go through a form of rehab to get off it and really kind of opening up about really dark kind of places because there's so much power in that in showing somebody else that there's light at the end of the tunnel even if you can't see it um i think it's a really important thing to talk about so i think of the mistake a lot of people make is thinking they're alone it's at a time that you need to be reaching out to a community of people either locally or internationally because there'll be other people in your sector you know even a mentor like a, a mentor would be so important that would be the one if i could give one piece of advice to people to to kind of help stave off a lot of this you know we'll call it anxiety depression whatever you want to call it that comes along with being an entrepreneur um it's having a mentor it's having somebody to turn to and say though the wheels are falling off the, the world's falling in, everything's going terribly, and they say, actually, it's really not that bad, you know, right. what you can do. Right. That's a powerful thing. Indeed. So turning the conversation to podcasting for a little bit, mm. you say that podcasting has had a big impact on you and your company. So can you tell us how and a few examples of exam uh, effects that it, podcasting had on you? Oh boy, how long is this podcast? Um, so I started podcasting 10 years ago uh, in a sports environment and started to monetize it quite quickly in terms of sponsorship and advertising. Um, it was still relatively new at the time, so it was it was pretty cool. Um, right. It was really enjoyable, but then I, I wanted to use it for my businesses because when I left the corporate world, um, I had two businesses. I had a, a recruitment business, so a staffing agency. Um, and I had an ad agency that I was partnered with somebody else with. Now, the problem that I had was when I'd been in the corporate world, I'd always had a marketing department there and a sales department there to go and get me people to do this stuff for. <laughs> um, that doesn't exist when you're an entrepreneur. You are right. that, you are both of those departments. And you're everything. Exactly. And you don't suddenly know how to do these things either. Like it's, it's not like a magical instinct where you go, haha, I've quit my job and I now know how to be an entrepreneur. Right. It's like, no, not at all. It's, it's, it's a journey and anybody tells you they've mastered it is lying because the market changes so quickly that you might have been a master of yesterday, but you haven't got a clue about tomorrow. Right. But podcasting for me was really... It was, the, it was the thing that I knew how to open doors, you know, so I'd been using it in sports. So I knew that I could interview really important people and really high up people. And I knew that that was how you grew an audience. And I knew that the best way to grow an audience is to find other people who already have that audience. And I already knew all of this. So I said, well, 
instead of moaning about what I don't know about sales and advertising and marketing, I'm going to focus on what I do know. So I made a list of the top 100 companies that I wanted to work with. Uh, and I went about inviting every single one of their CEOs onto a podcast. Um, the f- at the end of the first quarter, after I'd started doing that, um, I had scaled from just me and a part-time friend slash partner helping me to 25 people globally uh, delivering full-time for us because we just it just blew up. Amazing. Um, and then other people started to come to us and say, well, how did you do that? And I wanted to see how far I could push this thing. So I started doing things like um, inviting event organizers six months prior to an exhibition onto my podcast so that they could sell tickets to my audience. But at the same time, I was building a relationship with somebody who is organizing the event and the speakers for an event that I know would do huge credit credence to my credibility if right. I was seen on that stage. Right. And guess what happens? You get to talk to each other and they go, listen, this is really cool. I love what you do. What do you think about doing a workshop at this thing? Do you want to come? I mean, I've spoken on some of the world's biggest stages. I've been flown over by the the British Trade Office to Shanghai to go and present at a mobile world tech conference over there. Um, And that all came about through a podcasting interview and through a podcast relationship. So what happened about six, five or six years ago was people started to come to me and say, okay, it's great about your business, <laughs> um, but I just want to know the podcast bit. Like, can you just teach me that bit? Like, how did you do that? Because right. people will find it strange that I'd even used it in isolation at that point. Because, you know, can you imagine the power of this thing if I'd have used it properly with omnichannel marketing and Facebook marketing and retargeting campaigns and all of that kind of juicy stuff? I didn't. I just used this almost as a, you know, it fueled itself and I monetized every aspect of it because the people that I was speaking to were to build, you know, not forced, but build genuine relationships with people that I would want to potentially work with. That was, I was vetting them just as much as they were vetting me. Right. Um, and when you resonate with somebody, you can start a beautiful thing. And I often say this, but it's, it's the gospel truth. You know, I'm always amazed the amount of times that I'm sat on a call thinking, you know, when I get to the end of this call, I'm going to talk to this person and I'm going to say, you know, I'd love to do business with you. And you know that you do that thing where you start planning the conversation in your head. And then you get to the end of the podcast and they go, listen, I'm going to introduce you to my marketing director because I think you're great at this and I'd love to start. And it's like, did they just invite themselves? Like that's so much more powerful than me doing it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Podcasting. I promise you, podcasting. The reason I'm so passionate about it is it literally changed my life. So I, I understand that pain and, and that horrible place of I'm really good at what I do. I'm just not very good at self-promotion. I need more people to know, like, and trust me. And as I said, I'm sure there are multiple strategies out there as to how to do it. This is just the one that works for me, which is why I'm so passionate about sharing it with people. Because if it can work for them too, then that's amazing. Yeah, it clearly opened up a whole lot of opportunity for you. So that's very exciting. Absolutely. Uh, so I know that you have uh, many, many years of experience in your field, empowering entrepreneurs and whatnot. So mm-hmm. in this long timeline, what's the proudest work or project that you've done? Ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> I think there's probably two, and I don't know if I could decide between them. You can be honest. tell us both, no worries. Um, one of them... Uh, is something that we're, cur- we're still doing. It's been ongoing for a very long time, but it's, a, it's an educational empowerment piece uh, with an African entrepreneurial charity. Um, there's been massive amounts of work done with them, but also in terms of outreach for their charity and work for 
you know, recognition for what they do. They've won a lot more awards since. They're getting a lot more large grants and funds because they're a lot more visible to people. They're getting a lot more international traction. So, you know, it's a, it was the whole fish and fishing rod thing, right? I could either donate a fish to the charity or I could give them a fishing rod and teach them how to fish. Um, and that's a really proud achievement to see what they're doing now because the more people, the, you know, the more donations they get, the more people that they can empower. So that that I love because it's it's a, it's almost like self-fueling at this point. Um, you know, I'm just there as a mentor and to support them and to help them open doors that they need to open. So that's definitely one of them. Um, the other one actually is a is a is an odd one, but it's a personal one. I, I really like this guy that I was working with, and he owned a real estate company. Um, and it's a good company. They were good at what they did, but again, not enough people knew who they were or liked them enough or trusted them to to purchase with them. And they had so many competitors. They were in like the worst possible location. I mean, the owner chose the location because he was like, oh, there's loads of them here, so this must be a good place for them. But actually, it just ended up being like trying to work with your hands tied behind your back. Because um, every time you like wanted to recruit or something, you know you had five or six competitors, usually paying more with a better reputation around you. That was hard going, um, and we needed to be able to think differently. And you know, podcasting was a huge part of changing the culture of that company, um, changing the recruitment strategy so that we were bringing different people on board. But also, every bit of their growth had been done through paying recruitment agency fees, which were costing them a fortune. So. We were saving sort of millions of dollars each year in saved recruitment fees. We improved retention to being one of the worst, like having a really terrible employee retention rate, um, to actually winning awards for employee retention and having a, a far above average um, employee tenure. Um, they won branch of the year for multiple years. And then for the last few years, they've actually been ranked as number one at, at what they do in their particular niche. So that's definitely one that's very proud because that, that was a... That was podcasting, not just using it to fuel new business in terms of customers, which is a great way of doing it, but actually this was fueling their growth in terms of their internal growth. Their challenge had been recruitment and scaling, and actually this managed to take it from being a real weakness of theirs to being a core strength and one that they won Employee of Choice Awards for. That's quite an achievement with all of these uh, so getting back to charities for a bit, uh, mm. I know that you donate a percentage of all of your profits to African charities. Can you Correct. tell us something about that? Yeah, so the next 10 years worth of, of uh, technological advancements are going to be coming out of the emerging markets. So, you know, we were having this conversation off air, weren't we, about I, I have a partner um, for BIB India who covers the whole kind of region, um, Bangladesh, Pakistan, uh, even heading over into the Middle East. And the reason for that is that that's the places that we need to be empowering these people. So we're doing loads of this work already in the West and we have been doing for a long time. But I always say like every time we start up a podcast for somebody in the States, for example, you know, there's multiple competitors and we can get you there. Of course, we can get you there. But the point is, if there's 50 to 100 competitors in your space who already have a podcast, you've already got a bit of a battle. However, in the emerging markets such as India and Africa, for example, the podcast market in comparison to the United States is about 17 to 18 years behind. So you're talking maybe three to five competitors at most instead. So the way I like to describe it is 
there's a huge opportunity right now to grab a big slice of digital real estate for your business and use it to help you reach influencer status and be seen as a credible authority at whatever it is that you do. If you don't take it, just look at what's happening over in those more difficult markets. There's a reason that organizations like mine exist to mentor people through this because it's no longer easy to do. 10 years ago, probably was. Not so much anymore. Now you need a blueprint. So I always say, imagine that daydream of, you know, imagine if you could go back in time and design the iPhone or imagine if I could have been the person to have invented this. You know, we've right. all done it, but that's what this feels like a little bit because I'm bringing strategies that are working in these really dominant markets and bringing them into emerging markets where right. there's far, far less competition. Got it. So um, off air, we were talking about books for a bit. So I know yes. that you, you read, you love books. So uh, can you recommend some or one of your favorite books to me and the audience? Of course I can. Um there's probably two that I'd recommend, actually. And they're, uh, they're two of my favorites. In fact, they're both next to me. I literally have them at arm's reach. My bookshelf is just next to me. So the first one that I would highly recommend is a book called uh, Entrepreneur Revolution. Um, and it's by a guy called Daniel Priestley. All right. Now, the Entrepreneur Revolution is essentially about uh, the changing of the mindset from the industrial revolution mindset of go to school, go to college, go to university, move to the big city, get a job, stay there for 40 years, get a pension, die. Yeah. yeah. You know, that, that world doesn't really exist anymore. It, it did for our grandparents. Some of us, it did for our parents. Right. It certainly doesn't exist for us and it's not going to exist for our kids. Right. Um, you know, the, the next, uh, you know, look at COVID. This has been a perfect example. How many businesses are seriously regretting how much money they spend on having physical real estate? Exactly. Um, you know, so the, the, the next age and the entrepreneur revolution is very much about, you know, being a micro niche business, being a cohesive partnership of like-minded individuals who, okay, sure, you might be a web developer with a laptop on a beach, but you're plugged into a network of six, seven, ten other people who are all referring business to each other because they recommend and, and, and recognize the quality of each other's work. Now you're not one person. Now you're a highly oiled and efficient machine of ten. Um, and it's about that kind of mentality and how, how you, you break away from that and, and start to unlock that potential. So that is a great one. Um, the other one's probably a little bit controversial, but I do enjoy it. It's um, Jordan Belford's book, uh, Way of the Wolf, The Straight Line Selling persuasion right now now okay you can say what you like about wolf of wall street and the film and all that kind of stuff but the guy is oh, a i love it salesman yeah me I, too he's a phenomenal salesman and he's a phenomenal trainer that's right um and and what i would say is too often people try and overcomplicate sales and high ticket sales and high ticket closing because they've turned it into a profitable business to teach people how to do it and there's nothing wrong with that okay i respect the entrepreneurship but um Ultimately, it's the it's the modern snake oil, isn't it? It's oh, it's so difficult. You're going to need to spend twenty thousand dollars so that I can show you how to do it. Whereas, what I love about Jordan Belfort's book is that it's very much a people make a decision based on these facts. This is the structure of a conversation. This is how you ask those questions, and it's very much about ask the question, listen to the answer, use the answer to formulate your proposal. I mean, it's it's so simple, but. I love the fact that he he almost just released a book and went there it is, use it. Right, I'll I'll definitely be picking these two books up. I haven't actually read these two books, so yeah. Oh, thank you, you. Must I love them? 
Yeah, yeah. Thank you for the recommendation. Uh, so we're coming towards the end of the show now. So mm. before that, uh, in Dhaka, let's talk about Dhaka. So we have hundreds of new businesses opening up every day, and uh, mm. you, your main mantra is empowering entrepreneurs, right? Yes. So what approach would you hypothetically or realistically take for developing for a developing city like Dhaka? Look, I think it's the same. It's the same mentality, but it also depends on where it is you're trying to win work. I think would be my honest answer. So I'll right. give you. I'll give you both scenarios. So if you're a business that's local, but you're hoping to kind of use that to your advantage and you know earn US dollars and spend local currency, um, then there's certain ways of doing that. Obviously, there's a lot more kind of global outreach on both the guesting on other people's shows and getting guests on your shows from those markets because essentially you want to follow the same structure and interview the people that you want to work with now there's a strategy and a structure to be able to do that but to be honest if you go and just try and do that you'll achieve some success it won't be as efficient but you'll certainly get something back from it and if that's what you need best of luck to you um the the other thing that i would say is if you're going to be a local business, a domestic business, that's where you use the international guesting on other people's shows to help raise your influence, credibility, but also learn from other experts globally so that you can help to, you know, craft your, you know, trade, craft your trade and, 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 and really sort of hone your abilities. Um, and then when it comes to the guests that you would speak to in terms of business, if it was local, you'd be using it to drum up some local pride, link up with local businesses, use it to interview local clients that you would like to bring onto your business. So ultimately, I think it all comes down to communication and building relationships. So it doesn't matter whether it's an emerging market, whether you're talking about New York City, whether you're talking about, it, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. The, the, the principle remains the same, which is people by people. And relationships matter, um, and it doesn't matter at what level you're doing deals. People do business with the people that they know, like, and trust, and this is a phenomenal way of developing that. Got it. So uh, I have a final question before ending the show, and I ask this to all of my guests before ending mm -hmm. these days, and that is, how has the quarantine period affected your workflow? Uh, we've been much busier. Yeah, much but We've had a lot more inquiries uh, and we've been a lot busier. And I think a, there's been two types of inquiries. There's been the, hey, Phil, you know, we've been using the podcast. It's working for us. Can we turn it up? What can we do to take it to the next level? Because it's working for us. It was quite cool, actually. In the space of a week, I got two phone calls, separate phone calls from different clients saying that their competitors had gone into administration, but they were having a stronger quarter year on year. Right. Um, and they were like, listen, we want to do more with the podcast. And then the other types of call that I've been getting, I have to be honest, have been, hey, Phil, is it too late to start a podcast? Right. <laughs> um, there's been a lot of those calls. Um, but yeah, we've been we've been busier, much busier, especially on the Done For You stuff because we actually have launched the Done For You service. We did a few trial uh, right. runs for a good few months for the first quarter. Um, just to make sure that we were happy with the done for you service and it was working for our clients before we kind of made it public. Um, but we actually made it public during lockdown, which was interesting. Right. Uh, maybe I should have anticipated that better. But it was essentially like saying, we'll just do this for you and help make you money. Do you want to do this? I mean, there, w there weren't many people that said no, to be honest. 
Right. This is this is actually quite an interesting trend I see amongst my guests. Like the last three guests I had over, they all said that their workflow was affected positively when they during the quarantine they were just home and they were just focusing more on work. So yeah. that's that's a very interesting trend. Well, actually, it was also because you know now more than ever people have realized. It, well, they've realized lots of things. They've realized that we don't need to live in a city. We've realized that we don't need to go to an office to work. We've realized we don't really need working hours. We can go to a solution-based currency from a time-based currency. Um, we've learned we don't really like our jobs. <laughs> um, some of us have learned that they don't even like their spouses um, and they don't even want to be with them anymore. But people have had a real period, a forced period of reflection. And I think a lot more people are now questioning well, why do I have to go to an office, you know, 48 right. weeks of the year? Well, why, why do I have to be here? Why do I have to live in this tiny apartment in London when I could go and spend the same amount of money on a, a villa in Mallorca? Like, this doesn't make any sense. Why am I here? Right. Um, you know, and people have started to ask that now. And people have gone, well, actually, I'm now well within my rights to say to my boss, well, listen, I've been working from home for the past three, four months. Have you seen any drop in productivity? No, so I'm working from where I want. Thanks, pal. <laughs> right. The um, whole concept of just working from home is uh, so much more powerful now. Like, for example, if you thought of this one year ago, uh, people would just like it, they would ridicule you if you wanted to work from home. But now it's just mm -hmm. it makes so much more sense. So it's, well, that was it's funny you should say that because I've had people who I was saying, you know, this is what you should do. It'd be great for your business and. You know, a year ago or so, they've gone, do you know what? You're right. It sounds great, but mm, it's just not the right time. And off they exactly. go. And then suddenly it's like, whoa, okay, we should have done this 12 months ago. Can we start it now? Can we start right. it yesterday? And it's always the people who didn't do it when they should have done that yeah. end up kind of flapping back to you going, right, okay, if we get it all on board and sign now, can I have my first podcast out by Friday? I literally had that a few weeks ago and it was like Wednesday. <laughs> And I was like, you want to set everything up in like 72 hours. Okay, let's do it. And to be fair, we did. We managed to get it done. Only because wow. I was curious to see whether we could. Right. Um, uh, but yeah, it was. We, we managed to get the whole thing turned around. Everything set up, branding, logos, guest profiles, guest booked, uh, recorded, jingle sorted, edited, write up, social media jingles, logos, and press media box. And we got it all out within 72 hours. So you've managed to do all that in 72 hours and that went great? Yeah, it did. It went fantastically. They loved it. Uh, and I think they were good. I think they were surprised as we were that it had done it in 72 hours. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, that's what this time is all about. It's about challenging ourselves and it's about pushing ourselves and it's about growing. But what I, what I would say that's probably quite different to a lot of people is, you know, I've heard loads of people saying, you know, learn a new skill, learn a new language, learn a new this. And it's like... Why isn't somebody saying you're enough already? Like you will, whoever you are, there is already something that you know how to do that, that somebody else well doesn't know how to do that they would pay you to know. Right. Actually, so, I have never thought of it like this before as well. So it's just a, it's a completely different way of thinking about it. And it's like, don't go and learn a new skill. Learn to be better at the ones that you have. Learn to be better at self-promoting the ones that you have. Because the things that you're good at, I mean, we, we enjoy those things, right? I mean, I right. always liken it to sport and say, you know, I'm a big football fan and I've, I used to play a, a lot. Um, and, I, and I always say the same thing, which is I wouldn't tell a striker that I need them to come and do a load of defending or something, you know, or they need to practice their, their penalty saving ability as a goalkeeper. 
like, why would I do that? It doesn't make sense. They're a striker. I want them to score goals. That's all I right. want them to do. Right. Um, I'm not going to say to that striker, hey, listen, you're really good at that, so go and learn how to be a goalkeeper. It, it just doesn't make any sense. Exactly. Um, and, and But too many people, that's the suggestion, isn't it? It's learn something new or... You know, people typing into Google, you know, which computer programming languages pay the highest. And, you know, they're thinking, well, maybe I could go and learn a computer language and get a new job. Right. All this just to avoid self-promoting the stuff you're already good at. Doesn't that just seem a little bit ridiculous? Exactly. So uh, before we finish this show, can you tell everyone where to find you in social media and anything else you might want to add? Oh, sounds good. Uh, yeah, just head over to billionairesinboxers.com uh, or if you indeed search for me on Google, that's Phil Pelucha, P-E-L-U-C-H-A. Um, there's only one of me, so you'll find me. Um, drop us a message, come say hi. Anybody got any questions for this? I always like to say the same thing, which is I'm still waiting for the challenge that I can't do yet. And I don't mean that in an arrogant way. I mean, I love it when people come to me and say, sounds really great but it won't work for my industry because because i love finding a way to work around it or prove them wrong and that's why i said before 50 locations 50 different sectors one refund in six years you know we're in a, we're in a good place and it and it works well for people we are selective as to who we work with but it's because we want you to be successful so we are only going to work with people who are interested in putting that time and effort in and, and reaping the rewards Great. Thank you very much, uh, Phil. It's been a pleasure having you and I'll of course keep in touch with you and I'm really excited to see all the new things you come up with. Thank you so much. Well, you must come on our network as well. I mean, there's loads of guys across our network, I'm sure, that would love to speak to you and uh, I'll even put you in touch with my local guy. I think Definitely. He'd, be, he'd be a great person for you to hook up with. Sure, no problem. Thank you everyone for listening to this episode. If you're interested in being a guest, go to my website and you'll find the process there. If you want me to discuss a certain topic, there's a suggestion form on the website as well. Hope you all like this episode. Peace.